Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that Why hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want, want to know, know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Every Girl Podcast. Emma, how are we feeling this week? I am good, Josie. How are you doing? Okay, I feel so full of love. I just was at the wedding of one of my best friends and it was so magical. But then I'm overcome by the Sophie and Joe Jonas split. Like it really made me question love again. So I'm in this weird place where I'm like, love exists and it's magical. But then I'm like, love is dead. I mean, I... I, I can't say that has necessarily had me feeling like love is dead. Um, <laughs> good. I feel like your friend's wedding is proof that love is not dead. So, so I don't right. know. I, I have to remind myself celebrities are not my real life friends. Yes, yeah. so just dead <laughs> friends. But I definitely have been obsessed with it because I think the media coverage is so interesting. I always am interested when certain narratives about women are being portrayed in the media. And I think that the things that are being written about Sophie Turner are questionable. Like, all love to Joe Jonas. I'm sure it was an amicable split, but the things that the media is saying about her, I don't know. They're stressing me out. No, I completely agree. I mean, with celebrities, I always think if there's one person whose side is more silent and there's another person whose side is really out there, they're almost trying to counteract or correct. Like my my little red flag goes up. But especially in this narrative, because it, it very much is like I've seen so many things that it's like, oh, the kids are with Joe even while he's in tour. Again, normal. It is normal yeah. for a parent to be parenting. That is very normal. <laughs> Sophie has been filming in London. Like if Joe was on tour and the kids were with Sophie, there probably wouldn't be that narrative. I think probably because it's the mom, you expect them to be with their mom, but they're parenting. He should not be praised just because he's being a parent. And the other narrative that Sophie's being a partier and she's going out, like they had those videos of her taking shots while this narrative's going around that Joe is parenting his kids and the kids are with him. And so many people have come and been like, that was their cast party. They were celebrating like that was one night. She's not like out partying. But also I'm like, maybe being out is a good thing. Like maybe we should be allowing women to be both a mother and someone that gets to hold on to their identity of someone who is able to go have fun with friends, to go pursue the life that they want. So there's kind of that like mom shaminess. And I'm like, go off party mom. Like you're giving other moms permission to be able to go out and take shots too. Like, why do we have to be one or the other? Why does that make us bad moms? So yeah, I I do think that there is definitely, I don't know if it's 
an example of Joe's people are just really making sure his side of the story is out there. Again, that Mm -hmm. raises red flags because it's kind of, you know, there must be something Mm -hmm. you're trying to get ahead of. Or is it the misogyny showing itself? And that's how the press is interpreting it. Another example of this is all the headlines like Joe finds Sophie on ring camera. There could also be a twist where it's like, why is Joe spying on Sophie on the ring camera? You know what I mean? There are so many ways to twist it. So my question is, is it one camp trying to get ahead of things because there is something suspicious that they want to get ahead of? Or is it misogyny of we're mom shaming and we are glorifying the man, which we do time and time again? Totally. Gosh, I'm like not even close to being a mom or like none of my friends are, but I still want go off party mom. On a t-shirt. <laughs> Go off party mob. That was awesome. No, but I also just think that women are allowed to make mistakes. Like there are all these rumors that have been going around that Sophie cheated on him maybe or something like that. And I literally texted my friend the other day and I was like, if Sophie Turner cheated on Joe Jonas, the internet is immediately going to turn into like a pile of toxic sludge because- yeah. Game of Thrones, men, if you will. Men cheat on their wives all the time. There are all these cheating scandals. The way the media would attack her for making that same mistake would be 10 times worse than it would be for any man. And 100%. I don't want to see that happen. I think there's just way too many examples of women not being able to be perfect in the media and with celebrity culture. And I think that this is an example of that, possibly. I don't know. I feel like we don't we don't know enough, which is also we're all obsessed with it. (laughs) Right. Which is why we want to know more. Yeah. No, I I it's so true. It's like whatever comes out, there's already so much shaming to her in the press when we don't even know the details. So yeah, if anything else comes out, they will go after her. Me and Emma have this conversation all the time because Emma studied so much of pop culture in school. Which yes. even seven years ago when I was in college, that was not a thing. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm so glad that we we're starting to recognize that pop culture, it really is just a representation of our culture as a yeah. whole. I-, I always think that celebrities culture is interesting, A, because I love celebrities. And again, I, I confuse them with my real life friends, <laughs> but also just because it's a really good showcase of what's going on in our culture at whole. Wow. Cool. Thanks for going down that journey. I did that's it because I haven't had time to talk about it with anybody yet since I've been at this wedding. So yeah. can't exactly be like, <laughs> what do you think? of? <laughs> Let's talk about divorce. Speaking of real life friends, we get into the Ask the Every Girl this week. Yes. Oh, is that a friend one? It is a friend one. So here's the question. I'm working on accepting that I've outgrown childhood friends There was no falling out, just gradually feeling like I've outgrown them. How should I end it? I'm going to have an unpopular opinion to this Mm -hmm. because I know if you were to Google, how do I end a friendship? It would not say this. Okay. This is my unpopular opinion. I feel like it's okay in friendships to do the gradual ghosting. And by that, I don't mean cut them off, never respond to them, never talk to them again. I mean, when they want to hang out, you say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Or you maybe stop responding to every text, but you don't cut them off completely. Like it's just kind of like a gradual distancing oneself because Mm -hmm. I really think that like friendships are not like romantic relationships. Ghosting in a romantic relationship is not okay. 
because that leads to so much confusion. And when you're in a romantic relationship, there is exclusivity with it in many cases. So that means that if you are talking to someone, people are waiting to go pursue other people if they're talking to you. So when when you're ghosting them, you're leaving people in this weird place where they are waiting for you and waiting for you is stopping them from pursuing other potential relationships. But friendships are not that way. You can have as many friendships as you want at the same time. So I don't think that when you are leaving people in that purgatory place, (laughs) it's not stopping them from living the rest of their life. They can also and should be also pursuing other friendships. It shouldn't really be hindering anything. And I do think that it, it kind of is sometimes just the best way. It is normal to outgrow relationships. It's normal to be really close with people, then become not close with people. I just think that's part of life. So having a whole breakup conversation, sometimes it can be necessary, especially if they're not taking hints or they want to know why they want answers. Like sometimes a conversation is necessary. But a lot of times with friendships, I just feel like it's putting distance between the two of you. I think that's a hot take, but I, I do agree to an extent. Especially if you feel like you're growing apart from your friends, chances are they don't totally not feel that in the same way. It's not necessarily like your friend is not growing either. You might just literally be growing in opposite directions. And like you said, it's a part of life. So in that case, it really is okay to just let a friendship sort of naturally fizzle out. I will say though, if you feel like a friend has wronged you, or there was something they specifically did or didn't do that really hurt you, and that's your reason why you want to end the friendship, then I think in some cases it can actually be helpful to have a conversation. Yeah, like the circumstances matter so much. If there's been certain instances where you feel they have wronged you, I think then that's okay to vocalize. Or if you feel like you're outgrowing them because they gossip a lot, let's say, but otherwise you enjoy them, I I think sometimes that can be worth vocalizing and say, I I no longer am enjoying when we talk about X, Y, Z, because then maybe that is something that they can fix. And then you can grow a friendship from there. Like if you're outgrowing only certain traits, that changes things as well. So yeah, I totally agree with you. If there are specific things to vocalize, it's worth vocalizing. If you just feel overall like they're just not doing it for you, they're not a part of your best life anymore, I think fine to gradually distance. I also feel like with friendships, I actually have had this conversation so many times with a friend that I have who has multiple people, actually both with her her family members that she feels like they're very toxic to her and she feels this responsibility to stay close to them, putting an effort because they're family and, and she also has certain friends that she's known for her whole life. And I have always said to her, people have to earn a spot in your life. I do not believe that anybody automatically gets your time, gets your energy, gets your friendship just because they're a blood relative or because you've known them since childhood. Like nobody deserves your time unless they have earned it, period. And I I do think that we should all reevaluate our friendships very often because it's so easy to get habitual and we may not even realize that certain friendships are no longer beneficial to us and may even be hurting us or holding us back. This is actually a great question for this episode, Emma. I love that you picked it because Mimi explains that your social circle is one of the most important parts of manifesting anything you want in life. 
because you are the sum of the people you spend the most time with. And there are certain friendships that I have had forever, but when we're together, we are gossiping about people from college or high school or whatever. Yeah. Like I know everybody has that. You're not talking about what you want in life, your dreams. You're not laughing together. It really is just kind of talking shit. And yeah. it's so easy to be in those habits. And so I think when we realize we're in those friendships, we need to rethink how can I change this friendship? Or maybe we are outgrowing this friendship and this friendship is no longer serving either of us. So yeah. I, I do think it's important to rethink friendships. Yeah. Friendships exist to serve you and holding on to a lot of guilt about potentially ending a friendship that you know is no longer serving you is not worth your time. Because yes. that person will find other fantastic connections in their life and you will move on to bigger and better things. So holding on to a lot of guilt or feeling bad for ending a friendship that's not serving you is not it because they're so important. And the people you're around shape your life, as Mimi said. Right. It's so true. It, the only purpose of friendships is to bring more joy and fun into your life. If it's not doing that, sorry. See ya. Gradually ghost. We sound so harsh, but I know. So with that being said, I hope that that helps. Let's dive into this episode today because I have been so excited for this episode to come out. We moved up this episode because when I talked to Mimi, I loved it so much. I wanted you guys to hear it ASAP. Mimi Bouchard is a manifestation and visualization expert who created the Superhuman app after the voice notes she recorded for herself helped her change her entire life. Mimi is proof that absolutely anybody can transform their life and live out their dreams. In less than 10 years, Mimi went from struggling with alcohol, drugs, disordered eating, limiting beliefs, and not being able to pay rent to owning a multi-million dollar company, feeling fully confident and in love with herself, finding the love of her life, optimizing her health, being in her dream body, and feeling happier than she ever could have imagined. Today, I wanted to talk to Mimi about the middle part, meaning what she did to go from the Mimi who was struggling to the person that she is now living an incredible dream life and how exactly she got here because I want to get here and I want you guys to get there too. So Mimi shares all of her secrets on how she designed her dream life, the formula she swears by to show up as your highest self, why self-image shapes our entire reality. Mimi also explains how she lost weight and cleared her skin through visualization. This was very fascinating to me. So interesting. Mimi is the queen of manifestation and good energy. I left this conversation feeling high because I was so inspired. So I know you guys will too. Please welcome Mimi Bouchard to the Every Girl podcast. I am curious to hear your story for people who are new to Mimi. I would love for you to give our audience some context because I find that people who are really into self-growth and wellness were not born wellness focused, they kind of had to have a wake up call. What can you pinpoint from your childhood and young adulthood that shaped your life? That's an incredible question. And to be honest with you, there are so many elements that have brought me to where I am today. But just an overview of my story, I went through quite a dark time in my teenage years. And I did everything very young and I went through everything quite quickly. So by the time I was 17, 18 years old, I was feeling like absolute crap. I hated myself. I had terrible self-image. I was going out and doing drugs every night. I was just a really 
lost <laughs> teenager and I, I didn't feel connected to my true self, the self that I had been connected with when I was a, a young child, that true essence of Mimi. I really had disconnected with her for most of my teenage years. And there are many reasons for that social pressure, trying to be one of the cool kids, wanting to feel important or loved and and going at it <laughs> in all the wrong ways. I went through quite a dark time in my mid-teens and everything from eating disorders starting to, like I mentioned, going out and partying and doing intense drugs at such a young age to even really dark stuff like self-harm stuff when I was like 12 years old. Like I was a really lost <laughs> teenager. So I everything kind of boiled up and I find myself at 17 years old in this tiny dorm room. I had just started university in Canada and I reached a breaking point where I just was so unhappy. I felt like absolute crap. My body was giving up on me because of all the partying I was doing. I was constantly sick and I decided to change. I had this voice deep inside of me and I know this sounds so cliche, but it really is true. I had a voice that I, I started to kind of listen to. It was a version of me. It was a voice of mine that just kept creeping in saying, hey, what if you could have a bigger life? What if you could change everything? What if you could create absolutely anything you've ever wanted? You're still so young and there's still so much potential out there. Even though you didn't come from a multimillionaire family that could give you anything, even though you might not like how you look, not like your body. It was that question, what if, that truly kept me up at night. And around that same time, I had stopped drinking and going out as much as I was and partying and doing the drugs because I just felt like crap. And I was taking a bit of time off of that. And around that time, my mom was getting into personal growth at that time. And she sent me this book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It's kind of like the Bible for young people getting into self-development. And I read that book and I made notes on it and then I read it again and then I just consumed it in every way, shape or form. I would listen to the audiobook version. I would reread the highlighted notes that I had made. It became like a Bible to me. And I, I really think it was the right place, right time with this book. And it's really just the fundamentals of personal development. So the first chapter is take 100% responsibility for your life. And at first I was really hesitant to believe this because it's so easy to be a victim in your life. It's so easy to not take responsibility, to allow circumstances to really shape you instead of you shaping your circumstance. That was one of the biggest principles that I'd really just taken on. Other ones were you're an average of the five people you surround yourself with most. No means next. If you want to get what you want, just keep trying, keep persisting. And no is not failure. Rejection is redirection. All of these personal development principles and ideas written in depth. Long story short, resulted in me actually leaving university, dropping out, starting my own business. I had an online magazine at the time. And then I moved to London, England from Canada. So it really just sparked all these things that I needed to change my life, all these things I wanted to try. I'm 27 years old, living in between London and the Bahamas with my fiance and my puppy. And between then and now, in the past 10 years of my life, I have tried many different entrepreneurial ventures. I have completely reinvented myself. I went from dead broke to making millions every year with a business that helps hundreds of thousands of people. I have 
truly transformed my relationship with myself. I love myself deeply and I had incredible self-image issues back then. I completely healed my eating disorder, any mental health issues that I was dealing with. I found the love of my life and I've never been happier and I've never been more fulfilled. And I can truly say that it's due to this work and this relentless pursuit of personal development that I've dedicated my life to. You really are the perfect example of how anybody can transform their life. I'm curious before we get into how you changed your life, what were those limiting beliefs or insecurities that got you to the point of struggle that you experienced as a teenager? I think really the world and society around me telling me that I needed to look skinny, telling me that I needed to be a certain way and be that girl people desired. And my parents growing up, my family has never been anything but loving. I'm incredibly blessed to have been brought up by the family I have. It was really more environmental. It was also the friends I had at a young age. A lot of them influenced me in a, in a negative way. So I would say all these negative mental patterns and this deep negative self-image stemmed from the environmental factors in my life. And realistically, my parents were so loving, but they were busy. They had their own lives. They had a business. They had two kids. My sister started to hang out with her new friends in high school and her younger sister wasn't cool anymore. So I was really alone. As much as people gave me that love, I was alone and easily influenced. And I wanted to matter so deeply. And I think I got myself involved into these things because I didn't have any direction or any guidance from anyone that really had a life that I was aspiring to have. If you want to create a certain life, look up to the people that have already created it. You know, you're not going to take financial advice from someone that's gone bankrupt three times in their life. And I didn't really have those role models. Like my family's amazing and they're incredible people, but I wanted something very different. And, you know, I had to start finding that myself. So I think to answer your question in short, it was definitely environmental. And thankfully, social media wasn't a big thing in my early teens yet. I don't know what would have happened because I now I feel so bad for the people these days that are dealing with that, the young kids. I was easily influenced. I think a lot of people are at that age. Yes. I think a lot of people can identify themselves in your story because of how drastic and high pressure environment can be and your peers can be and society can be. The moment when you snapped out of it, like I know that you said a lot of that came from having that self-help book and, and reading through it for the first time and being like, wow, it's clicking. I get it. But I also think there's a lot of people that feel like they are stuck in this dark, deep hole of self-destruction. They have all these limiting beliefs that they can't get out of, that a self-help book wouldn't inspire them to move to the next level, to stop what they're doing. You know, they would have so many limiting beliefs that would even prevent them from that. What do you think it was about you or about your mindset shift? that allowed you to realize I need to change my life and I deserve to change my life? Josie, this is such an important question. And I'm so happy you asked this because I, the book didn't change my life. It was this perfect storm of me having uh, not been drinking for the past few months, having a mental clarity for the first time in my life. And I started realizing that I wanted to make my own money. So I was actually skipping classes to go work. And I always used to do that, which is funny. I was in a clean mindset because I was eating well at that time. I was feeling very clear. I stopped drinking and going out and I started getting into hermit mode because in university at that time, you didn't really do anything with friends unless you were partying with them. So 
I was alone a lot. So it was this perfect storm of me being isolated, me being healthy, and me not drinking and partying and having that clarity of mind. And then additionally, me feeling this voice inside of my soul essentially saying, and I, I had it my entire life and I knew this voice, but it started getting stronger and stronger the more clear mind that I became, the more that I stepped away from those numbing things that I was doing, drugs, alcohol, any sort of overeating, over drinking, all that kind of numbing stuff. I was clear away from that. So it opened up this channel connecting with that voice. And that voice essentially was just this pull of you can do anything you want in your life. It was this deep belief that I know I deep down always had, but I didn't really believe it until I got into this work. But that belief was like, you can do anything in this life. You live once. You know that you're meant for big things. And I think we all are, by the way. You know that you're meant for big things. Now is the time. Make it happen. You're tired of this bullshit that you've been doing. You're tired of doing cocaine every night and feeling like crap and then binging the next day because you hate yourself. Like, stop doing this. What are you doing? And it was it was this this potential. Like I, I started getting glimpses of my potential in my life. And I started getting really scared of being average. And I know that can trigger some people the word average I use sometimes, but because average person in society is unhappy, unhealthy, hates their life, hates their job, numbs out every day on either it's social media, TV, drinking, drugs, like we're not happy as a society. And I was really just feeling this internal pull to just be greater than myself, than the old self. So that's, I think, what it was. And it was a perfect storm. And people transform their lives every day without personal growth books. For me, I just happened to uh, have done it the more cheesy way. I read a book with an old white guy on the cover with his thumbs up saying, these are the success principles. And it did change my life. But... There are so many other ways to transform your life, especially in today's day and age. We have so much free information out there that can literally just trigger something inside of you. But the truth is that you need to want it. You need to want this life. You need to believe that there's more for you available. And that's just the truth. That is a fundamental universal truth that if you want more out of your life, you can have it. It's just a matter of you becoming the person that has that life. And that's what my work teaches is becoming the new self-image. At that moment, when I was 17 years old in that dorm room, I actively chose to become the new self-image Mimi. I designed her in my mind on paper. I journaled about her. I literally designed who I wanted to be. I took all the qualities that I liked about my current self. And then I added the qualities that I wanted to embody. That inner knowing, I think that's the perfect word for it, that inner knowing of we get one life. I want to spend this one life being as happy and fulfilled as I possibly can. That belief can override a lot of the limiting beliefs. Absolutely. You've just hit the nail on the head. It's about living your truth and living your potential. It's like romanticizing yes. those little moments in your life, having this soulful experience of life. And life happens. In those tiny moments, life happens when you're having your morning cup of coffee and the world is quiet and you're having that little moment with yourself. Life happens when you are holding hands with your love and you're stroking his thumb with your finger and you get this warm, fuzzy feeling. It happens in those tiny moments that we don't even register. But that's what life's all about. So back in the day, 
I was so consumed with getting to the next level. I was so consumed with I'll be happy when and that mentality of like, once I'm all skinny and fit and once I'm a millionaire, then I'll allow myself to be happy. But the reality is through this work, I've realized that it's not about that. It's about truly living as your ultimate self in this exact moment and being who you want to be now and appreciating what you have. And, and that allows more of that to come to you. The more grateful you are, the more thankful you are, the more happy you are with your current life, the more abundance will come your way. And that is what I've seen time and time again. I know it sounds hocus pocus, but energy is real and you attract what you are. You attract the self-image that you are. I think I had to go through heavy lows at a young age to realize this was my destiny to be this way for the rest of my life. Oh my God, there's so much there that I want to dive into. That idea of, well, I'll be happy when, or in order to be confident, I have to lose weight. I have to look a certain way. And I'm such a big believer that it's actually reverse. It's not in order to love yourself, you lose weight. In order to lose weight, you have to love yourself. We have it all twisted. And that, that's such a good point of the amount of people that are saying, well, my life will be good once I move to this place, when I have this job, when I'm in a relationship, that then they're never achieving that because they're always feeling like one day, one day, one day, rather than knowing that day is today. I have to be that person that has the things that I want. I want to dive more into the middle part. How did that Mimi become this Mimi? I'm so fascinated by that. And I know you, something you mentioned earlier that I want to dive into more and have you explain is getting to know what traits you want, who is your highest, truest self and becoming that, writing that on paper. I know you said you literally designed the Mimi that you are today, the life that you have today. Can you talk more about this? Like what exactly were you designing, writing down so that our audience and listeners can do that too? Okay, so many things here. Before I dive into my kind of formula, I would like to say that I have never had one perfect day. The past decade of me transforming my life, transforming my career, my finances, my body, my mental health, my self-image, literally every area of my life completely 180, transformed. I have never had one perfect day. I have never eaten perfectly and organic and this and that for every meal and then did my 10K steps and then did my meditation and then did my journaling and then I was perfect like, and I went to bed without technology. I've never had one perfect day. And I think this is so important to talk about. And I'm actually writing a book about this right now. I've created something called the bounce back rate. And if anyone is going to take anything away from my teachings, please have it be this. You cannot be perfect. Success does not come from perfection. Success comes from a quick bounce back rate. Wow. You know what you want. You are on the route to get there. And then you fall off track. It happens to all of us. It is very hard to change habits. It's very hard to change beliefs in your self-image. It doesn't just happen. So when you fall off track, all you need to do is bounce back on track and, and get back onto that bandwagon of consistency, of feeling good, of showing up for yourself. So success is not determined by perfection. Success is actually determined by how fast you can bounce back. And you cannot show me one successful, happy, fit, beautiful person that is perfect, that, that has perfect days. So you so can true. create an amazing life by not being perfect. I did it. 
for so long, I thought I had to be perfect and I actually thought I was a failure. So that's the biggest thing. It's, it's not about perfection. It's about how quickly you bounce back. Number two, you need clarity on what you want in your life and you need to create an archetype of this person. So for me, I call her my future self, but I can live as her in the present moment. And I know exactly what she wears. I know exactly how she talks. I know her humor. I know how she holds herself. I know how she sits. I know how she dresses. I know how she is portrayed to the world. Once you have that clarity, then you can create a roadmap to getting there. And once you have that clarity, then you can create this archetype and become her in everyday moments. This is the biggest thing. You must first become the kind of person that has what you want before you can achieve what you want. That is how it works. You don't achieve it, then become that person. You become her first. And this is essentially why I created Superhuman, the meditation app that you use, Josie. I don't know if you've heard the side of the story, but about six, seven, eight years ago, I was continuing to be on this personal development journey. And I started recording these audio files to myself on my phone, on the voice memos uh, on my phone. And I would literally just talk and I would speak as though my future was in reality. So I would say, wow, it feels so incredible to have this much money coming in to have a successful business for people to come up to me on the street saying that my work has changed their lives. I love the feeling I have when I'm looking at my lifelong partner and he is so amazing and he does all these things and he looks like this and he, you know, just really visualizing. And I would listen to these audio files when I was getting ready in the morning, when I was cooking dinner, when I was walking to the gym. In these everyday moments, I vividly remember being on the tube in London, listening to these audio files. It was always in my ear and I'd always make new ones. And then I started adding music to them. I was just really creative with it. Years later, I decided to launch these for the public. And since we launched Superhuman two years ago, tens and tens of thousands of people use the app. But this is an incredible way to change your life because when you prime your mind in everyday moments, it's like the Pavlov dog theory, right? Like Pavlov rings the bell, the dog salivates. What if you're listening to a getting ready meditation every morning when you're doing your makeup before work for 10, 15 minutes? Or if you're Walking the dog for five, 10 minutes every morning, you listen to a walking meditation. It sets you up for the day. You're feeling inspired, motivated, confident. You're tuning into abundant, wealthy energy. You're really feeling like your best self. You're physically different. Your energetic signature has completely changed in the field around you. If you do this every day, it is simply a matter of time until you don't even need the walking meditation, the getting ready meditation to immediately feel like this future self version of you. So that's my life purpose. And I am so passionate about this work and about the science behind all of this because it helped me transform so effectively, so quickly. And we have so many people doing the same with it. I, I wasn't even expecting to say this on the podcast, but I really don't think I would have this podcast without Superhuman. And I'm not just saying that. Like doing one of the journal meditations last year about visualizing who your highest self is, what do you want out of life? And I was like, I want to have a podcast. I saw my face on the cover art because I am self-centered and love to be center of attention. And I saw it all. I think the best thing people can do is to become obsessed with being their truest selves, to getting to where they're meant to be in life. And by obsessed, I mean, when you're brushing your teeth, are you thinking about 
how you brush your teeth if you were your highest self, if you had your dream job, your dream life, your dream home, like even the small little mundane things. You're right. It's not about I'm going to set aside 20 minutes for meditation. It's like, how do I live my life so enthralled, so in the visualization of who my highest self is that I become it? And I want you to talk a little bit about the science because I know that there is a lot of science behind manifestation, behind visualization, because I can imagine when the brain is experiencing something, the brain doesn't know whether it's reality or not. If you're visualizing something, it's thinking, oh, that's really happening. So then that's programming your brain to be like, whoa, I am the person that has a dream relationship, a dream job, a dream life, which is counteracting the limiting beliefs that you might have and improving your confidence, including your self-image. Is that the, the science? I know you can speak on it so much better. Absolutely. The science part is so important. And we actually have a few neuroscientists that we've spoken to about this work. But one of my favorite facts when it comes to your brain and how what you think about creates your life It's called the RAS, your reticular activating system. And this is essentially a part of your brain that acts as a filtration system. So for example, if you are planning to buy a red convertible, you are going to start seeing it everywhere. It's a very simple example you've probably heard before. And it's not because it's popping up everywhere suddenly. It's because your RAS has been triggered to start noticing the things that you are actively putting at the forefront of your mind. So there's a way to hack your RAS. And this is what we do at Superhuman. This is a reason why it's so successful and and why people feel such a difference immediately with this content. Because your RAS is being triggered to start noticing new things. It is being triggered to start noticing opportunity. It is being triggered to show you reasons why you are an amazing, beautiful, abundant person, why you are so capable to create this life. And it happens In the opposite way, too. We've all had that friend who's a victim. They're really embodying that victim mentality. Everything is bad that happens to them. They have bad luck. The opposite of lucky girl energy. They're using their RAS against them. They find reasons everywhere why they're unlucky, why bad things happen to them. Because they have this like deep belief, truly deep down, that Good things don't happen to them, that things they desire are hard to achieve. But what if you flipped the script? What if you started working on changing those beliefs and your beliefs can change? Anyone's beliefs can change at any age. It's called neuroplasticity. You can change your brain, your beliefs, and in turn, how you live your life and what you produce in your life. So flip the script. Imagine You're telling yourself every day, I am meant for big things in this world. Opportunity is everywhere. I'm meeting the right people at the right time. And I am an abundance magnet. I'm a magnet to abundance. And wealth and opportunity is always on its way. It's always finding me. If you literally live through your day with this stream of thought, with this belief system, you will be more successful. And that is a complete fact because guess what? You're going to start seeing opportunity where you hadn't. You're going to think to yourself randomly one day, oh, remember the person I went to university with? They just started a startup and they're looking for a co-founder. You know what? I have the perfect skill. I'm confident that I could be a successful partner in this. So I'm actually going to reach out to them and go for coffee with them. And then that one decision changes your entire life. What if that startup became a multi-billion dollar company. So little things like that. And 
having that confidence. You really have to teach yourself to be confident. I used to be the most unconfident person in the room. <laughs> this work, these affirmations, these visualizations molded me into who I am today. I visualized Mimi today 10 years ago, and I'm now her. And then I've up-leveled, and now I have more goals. And I think as humans, we're goal-seeking creatures. It's always good to have something that you want. But I'm also incredibly happy where I am because I wanted this for so long. And my RAS was triggered. It was changed. It was molded over time. And this is one of my favorite pieces of science about this work, because when your beliefs change, your brain shows you different things. You are literally going to be shown new things in your life if you have certain beliefs. It is insane. And it is scientifically proven. And it's the coolest thing about this work that anything is possible. So fascinating. So fascinating. I know so many people listening are probably like, preach, Mimi. I feel you. I've already changed my life. I want my dream life. What are those tangible steps? You wrote out everything. What dream Mimi, your highest self, who that person is, you put it all on paper. And then what do you do with that? Do you just start thinking, oh, highest self Mimi dresses this way. I'm going to start dressing this way. Or this is highest self Mimi is morning routine. So I'm going to start having that morning routine too. And you just start implementing the things that you can implement. Or what are the next steps for you? So I have a two-step formula. Number one is clarity. And number two is becoming. So all you need to know is clarity on where you want to go. And then become the person who has that. Become that new self-image, the new self. That is how you speak, how you dress, how you move, with the opportunities you seek and apply for, the people you speak to, the people you surround yourself with. That's a huge one. Social influence, as we were talking about earlier in this episode, I can tell you firsthand that it is, is one of the most impactful ways to either be a success or be a failure is the people you hang out with. Let's talk about wealth for a minute because that's very tangible and quantifiable. If you have a group of friends and everyone's making over six figures a year, you would feel like it, there's like this weird discomfort with you making less than that. And it's very motivating when you're around people that earn more than you. And if that same group of friends also ran 10K races every weekend, or if they went to the gym every morning, you would naturally be influenced to start working out more because everyone around you is making money, they're healthy. But then on the other side of the spectrum, to another extreme, if you're hanging out with people that are victims in their life and they're continuously blaming their outside circumstances as to why they're not where they want to be, if you're hanging out with people that are not passionate about anything that potentially party a bit too much on the weekends, drugs, alcohol, gossip a lot, you're naturally going to feel like that is the standard. And if you want to become the next level version of you, look at who you're surrounded by. The five people you're surrounded by most, it really becomes an average of you. So that's what I would say is, is number one, clarity, number two, becoming. And it doesn't have to happen all at once. If you are radically wanting to change your life, just know that a lot can happen in a year. You don't need to do anything dramatic. You could really just start committing to yourself and doing like some journaling every day, getting really clear. You need to continue to remind yourself of who you want to be. Because after this podcast, you could get all excited. You could go journal. You could go download Superhuman, whatever it is. But if you don't stay consistent reminding yourself of who you want to be, you're not going to get there. So try taking these small steps every day. Make it realistic and stick to it and just start changing what you're doing. 
It doesn't have to be dramatic, just one step at a time. And then you could be unrecognizable in 2024. That's such a good point about the people you spend time with are the sum of who you are. Because it also makes sense if you want to run a 5K and you have friends that ran a 5K, it feels possible. You're around people that are proving it's possible. I've heard the same thing done with if there is like a dream job you want, become friends with people in the industry or become entrepreneurs if you want to start your own business because then you're actively looking for proof that it is possible to get what you want out of life. Like we have control over the life that we get to live in this one very short life. We get control over how it looks, how we live it, how we show up in it. And that is the most empowering thing of all. One other little segue that I'm just so curious to hear you explain a little bit, because I've heard you mention manifesting when it comes to your physical appearance too, from manifesting clearer skin to shape-shifting your face. I'm fascinated by this because this is a newer concept for me. Can you discuss more of this? Is it possible to manifest changes in your physical appearance too? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it sounds crazy. What I will tell you about how your thoughts create your reality physically, when I was meditating on it intensely, my keratosis pilaris, like bumps on my arms completely went away. When I'm not meditating enough or I'm not in that energy of my future self, because no one's perfect, as I mentioned, <laughs> I'm not always in that energy, my KP comes back. So physical symptoms come out of, of your energetic state. And my body, I wasn't happy with my physical body. I was feeling dragged down. I was not content with my physical body and I wanted to feel and look different. And I'm all for, if you want that, it's not a bad thing to want if you would like to lose weight in a healthy way. And I used to be obsessed with food. This is most of my life that I can remember. I would think about food all day long. I was obsessing over what am I going to cook next? What am I going to eat next? I just thought about food way too much. It was like taking over a lot of my life. And over the years, as I was designing my future self, she doesn't care. Like she, she really is a bit more indifferent with food. She intuitively eats. She doesn't block any food groups out. She eats kind of whatever she wants. She doesn't follow rules. And then she also lives in a body that she loves effortlessly. And she moves because she loves her body. But she's not very intense. And she doesn't work out every day and burn off the calories. and blah, blah, blah. No, she eats whatever she wants and she moves whatever she wants. And the interesting thing is that I am living in my ultimate body by doing that. This morning I had a croissant and a bagel with smoked salmon and cream cheese in a latte for breakfast. I have never been in a better body. I have never felt happier in my body. I've never loved myself more. And I have never eaten so much gluten and dairy in my life. <laughs> so, you know, that's another way that I manifested my dream body. Like I'm really happy with where I am. And I treat my body with love. Like I just love this body that allows me to run and walk and hug and dance. I just love living and being alive and having this beautiful body to call mine. And it makes me emotional to think about how much I used to hate this body and how much I wanted to change every single little thing. It was this deep negative emotion. And now I'm so freaking blessed to have this new mentality. And I'm so grateful that I worked so hard to get to this new belief system because it's changed everything. I really do believe, of course, being healthy is important, but I believe that 
Your mind and your self-image is even more important than that. I am living in the body that I love, eating what I love, and I, I could, don't have any other explanation other than it's a self-image thing of mine that I naturally maintain a body that I love while eating whatever I want. It's so weird, but it's a mentality. I grew up with a mom who dieted and my sister, all the women in my family dieted like crazy. It was always this like, okay, one more bite. Oh, I shouldn't have that. I'm on this new diet. I was doing a cabbage soup diet when I was like 13 years old. Like I was obsessed with diet culture. And thank God I got out of that because there's a way to do it and to live a life that you love while having a body you love without this intense obsession or restriction. So this is another benefit of the work. I physically look better than I ever have. And I still do like facials and you know, I get a bit of Botox here and there. Of course, I do some of that. And I'm not going to say I don't. But genuinely, things beyond that have changed. And I'm very content. And I don't feel the need to change anything dramatically. I'm very happy where I am. Sorry for the rant. But I have so much to say about oh that Oh, my topic. God. I'm obsessed with what you just said. I think that's so powerful for so many reasons. The main thing you see all the time is people saying, okay, I'm going to restrict and diet and work out really tough and then I'll get to my ideal body. But then when they actually think about who their highest self is, their highest self is not doing the intense diets, the restriction, having trouble just going out to dinner because they feel guilt afterwards. They're not experiencing those things. But people are thinking, well, I'm going to put myself through this shit because I'm going to achieve my dream body and then it'll be fine. That's not how it goes. You already know the way to be in your dream body is to visualize what is your dream body doing? How is your dream body living? And then to live that way, like not restrict, not all these intense workouts. It's to listen to what your dream body is. Maybe that is you wake up and drink green juice every single morning. Great. Wake up and drink green juice every single morning. Maybe it is I'm going to be on vacation and I'm going to indulge in croissants and bagels and not feel bad about it because I know that my body can handle it, doesn't need to change because of it, doesn't need to be affected. Great, then do that. I think we know the roadmap to how to get there. So I think that realizing that the way you want to get to your dream body and the life that your dream body actually lives are two very different things. I think that's a really good tip. And then I also am such a big believer in like that the body listens to you. If you're looking in the mirror, and thinking, oh my gosh, I have such awful skin. I look so ugly. Your body's hearing, okay, I'm ugly. I have bad skin. It sounds woo-woo, but I'm such a big believer in that is like your body listens to you. Your body knows what you are saying to it. So if you start treating it with this love, like imagine how your body will listen to you differently. Yeah. And like, you don't have to fake it either. When I first started on this personal development journey, I actually really hated myself. And looking in the mirror saying, I'm beautiful, I'm confident, didn't really work. What worked was just starting one step at a time. So like everyone listening right now, feel free to do this with me. Just feel your body, like feel the space that your body takes up in the room around you. And just start feeling like so thankful for the fact that you have a body the fact that you are hopefully healthy, that most things are going right with your body, that you can walk, that you can hold things, that you can touch things, that you can smell things, that you can hug the people that you love, that you can stretch, that you can dance, whatever it is. How amazing is that? Our bodies do so much for us and we're so mean to them. Can you imagine waking up one morning at 80 years old, looking back on your life and realizing all you fucking did, sorry for my French, but all you fucking did was think about your body 
and hate yourself. It's like, yeah, waste of your life. Go live, go be in love with life. And it's just such a waste. I wasted a decade of my life hating myself and I'm so over it. My mom, we talk about this often. She's fine with me sharing it, but she wasted 50 years of her life hating her body. And she's now going through such growth herself and like really loving herself now, finally, for the first time in like 50 fucking years. That's one of her biggest regrets is not doing it sooner. You know, it's the whole love yourself affirmation, like, Yes, (laughs) but the truth is you need to understand the gravity of how important it is to just truly appreciate yourself. And when you start doing that, naturally, you're going to start being okay with who you are. When you're okay with who you are and you love yourself, you become 10 times sexier. You become 10 times more attractive. Your energy is different. Oh my God, it's so good. Why are we wasting our lives thinking anything, whether it's about the way that we look or whether it's about the job we have or the relationship we want, but we don't have? Like, why are we wasting our life thinking about what we don't have and that we're not good enough? Why are we not spending the very short life that we have using every moment to feel our very happiest, fullest, going after the life that we know inherently, we know that we are meant for that? Maybe I'm like walking on a cloud. I feel like I just was like in a superhuman meditation or in real life like that was pretty trippy this was so amazing i'm going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions first one i always ask this to to wellness people what is your go-to breakfast i know obviously today was a croissant and bagel but what is your favorite breakfast otherwise it literally changes every day i'm so not a routine person and i've embraced that about myself so this morning was a latte and a croissant and like a little smoked salmon bagel thing but yesterday was a protein shake with spinach so it really depends. But this morning, I will say a uh, almond milk latte with a fresh croissant from the bakery next door. My future self eats croissants often, especially when I'm in Europe. I completely agree. Our highest selves probably all eat croissants often. Next question. Best piece of advice you've ever received? You can create whatever life that you desire and it's totally up to you. So stop caring about what other people think and just go do it because from personal experience, People will make fun of you when you try to do something different. And I had been made fun of a lot when I first started my fashion blog and this and that. But years later, there are the same people that are coming up to you saying, oh, I used to know her. So who cares what other people think? Just be so true to you. You only live once. Go do what you are deeply meant for. And you know what that is. I love envisioning like whatever person you're worried about judging you in the future being like, oh, I used to go to school with her. I used to know her. I used yeah. to work with her. I love that. Okay. Last question for you, Mimi, a book or any other resource that changed your life? I know I always talk about the success principles and now it doesn't have a big hold on me because it's like all these things that I know so well. But if you're a beginner, read the success principles by Jack Canfield, some other great books, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. There's so many good ones. Oh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Some good ones. But I'm writing a book right now, too. So stay tuned. I cannot wait. That is exactly what I need from you as a book. I'm so excited. Mimi, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you, download Superhuman, and get more Mimi before your book comes out? Thank you so much for having me, Josie. This was such a fun episode. I can't wait to share it with my audience. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Mimi Bouchard, but you can also try 14 days completely free of Superhuman if you go to www.superhuman.app. So instead of .com, it's .app. So superhuman.app. 
and my podcast. I have a podcast. It's just called Mimi. Amazing. Mimi, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Evergirl Podcast on Instagram or theevergirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.